Third down and 20. What is going on? Welcome back. Third and 20 podcast, episode 78. My name is Frank Edson. So we've got Mr. Apparently Fresh Haircut Steed. Um, I'm yeah, looking at you on the cut. video here. I feel like your hair is still pretty long, to be honest. Yeah, you know, I, I, I've been changing up recently. Uh, where I've now, I, I've gotten rid of, like, um, the razor. You know, how people get raised on the sides. I have now gone to more traditional way, you know, where the scissor only cut, only cut by the scissor. And, you know, I've been doing it for the last couple of times. First couple of times, good. This time, I, I'm not in love with the cut, you know. I feel like it makes my head look really big. I, I feel like she didn't really blend it in well. So Wait, I didn't know that was actually you know, something... a thing. So you can say, like, on the sides, like, all scissor? So how how are you dealing with yeah, the, no, your scissor okay. and the sideburns? Well, no, they they do the right when they touch it up, like around the ears and like the back and the sideburns. She she uses the razor, but everything else cut by the scissor, cut by the hand. But uh, yeah, I didn't even know you could do that uh, before. <laughs> but like when I had my remember when I had my long long ass hair, like super long. When I had the flow, yeah. kind of. If I went to the hairdresser or whatever you call them, you know, and uh, she was like, I don't really want to use a razor on this. I'm just going to cut it with scissors. I was like, you can do that. And I was like, yeah, go chop away. <laughs> just chop away. Yeah, you were, you were complaining a little bit before the pod. We were talking you're saying that, you know, this was not a great cut. Not not exactly well, what you know, were looking like, for. I, I feel like I'm a veteran in haircuts now. I mean, 24 plus years of them. Uh, it, it's really starting to grow on me, and I'm <laughs> in the system here, for a while. <laughs> yeah, I've been in the system. I'm a system guy, and you you know when you're sitting there on that on that uh, chair, you can you can feel and you can tell, you know, if you like the cut or not. And I got about halfway, and I saw like all the hair falling out, and I was just like, I looked up, and I was like, my head looked like unproportional, you know. Like you know, I was like, I think it's chopped, Loki. But um, hell, uh, you know, a couple weeks it'll be fine. Well, the annoying thing about that scenario is that it's like, what do you say? You know, what do you when, when this is going down? I, I, I promise, yeah, we'll no, the football uh, in a minute. But like, what do you say when that's happening? Like, you know, how, it's it's at that listen, point, it's damage I, control, well, especially right? like it's right here during Christmas time too. And she had like her little antlers on. She was making she was. <laughs> Cool, you know, she's a good person. And, uh, and like, you know, spiritual. Like, it, she would have caught me, like, on a bad day, like, midsummer, like, and I just watched the Braves blow a lead or something like that. It, it might have been worth been throwing around. But, you know, like, I, I was just like, yeah, it looks great. Thank you. And then, I, you know, I tipped her. And you have an option of tips at 5, 7, 10. I, I went with the medium, you know. This way I'm, like, you know, I'm not being cheapskate, only giving you five bucks. But then again, I'm not splashing. I'm right there in the mix, and that's where I want to be. I'm in the yeah. heart, as you can say. Yeah, well, it's nice. I, I was kind of in haircut limbo for a while. You know, I never okay. – I didn't really know what to say. You know, I would just go to the, the standard places, you know, like your standard – That's my thing. Um, And, and like you like, – because you were saying this once again before the pod. You're, it's, it's a dice roll, man. When you're going to these places, these oh, like yeah, nice. franchise kind of places, you never know what the hell you're going to get. But I finally Super found my guy, my franchise solid. quarterback. You know, I finally have a guy or 
It's a, a gal, I guess. So it's nice. You can kind of go into okay. these games. You can go to these haircuts just feeling comfortable. You know, you're getting that level of consistency. Um, so I'm hoping that you can find your guy. You got to go back to the haircut draft, spend a couple first round picks. I know. I feel like that, that you know, people trying to find the, the right hairdresser is just like that GM coach mix, just trying to find that right quarterback. You know, you want that yeah. good mix. At the end of the day, you want to trust your barber because, you know, hair does a lot with your appearance, you know. Like, it dropped me from a 9.8 to probably a solid 7.3 right now. You know, <laughs> that's what I got to work with. And then I have to make up with that in other ways. I got to be, a, like, my personality has to be a little extra, you know? Yeah. Got to bump it, bump up the numbers around. But in all seriousness, I don't know, maybe I'll, I'm going to look on the free agency. Maybe I'll pick up a nice little Case Keenum, you know, get a little Vikings run here and there. Okay, a little Case Keenum action. All right, enough with... Yeah. Enough with the tomfoolery. Let's get into some picks. So, picks are on the screen for those on YouTube. Uh, me and Steve were both positive again. Well, I mean, I've kind of been positive, but I was dipping down. Steve does what he does That's best. Two weeks in a row. Uh, you just kind of claw back from when you're down. Steve, I'm I'm looking at your picks. You can find all of our picks from this season, thirdandtwenty.com slash historical performance under third and twenty podcast. Uh, it, it's like you'll see, it's our 2021 picks. Every single pick that we've taken this year is on there. At least for the picks, I will update it with the other shit when it when it like concludes. You know, like over unders and MVPs and all that stuff. Um, for this for stuff that we took. But uh, Steed, I think that your picks, I would like. I feel like your picks are like a recovering alcoholic. When I look at it, you have a bunch of good weeks, right? You go okay. Three and one, five and two, you know, four, you know, you're doing great. And then you relapse and then you just have one week mm -hmm. where you're just like one and seven, you know, and then, okay, <laughs> then you go, then you know, you have a week or two like that. Then you go back, then you're a good boy, right? You're okay. Five and two, four and one, whatever. And then you relapse again <laughs> and then just rinse and repeat, but well, you're up dude, half a unit. I think. Yeah, well, I, I think this is the way it is, and, like, I, I don't want to sound, like, braggy here, but the way, like, since I've been gambling, and, like, especially with my books and stuff, when I'm down money, that's when I'm the best gambler. It's not when I'm up. It's when I'm down and just need, like, a get out, because, like, for some reason, I could just navigate a lock, but when I'm up... I think I just get a little free willy with my money. It's kind of like, oh, well, I'm up this many, so it doesn't matter. I kind of like this play, but I'm not in love with it. But I'm just going to throw it on the card anyways. Yeah, as we like to say, you get a little penisy. You know, you get a little too confident. Yeah. You start taking some stuff you wouldn't normally take. Um, I, I got a little too confident like that woman who cut my hair. <laughs> um, all right, let's get into it. Shout dog out. of the week. Steve, you started off with Dog of the Week last week. It was the Bengals. I told you it worked. Um, yeah. Good call. Actually, we didn't start. We, we I just posted the pick, so I don't know what I'm saying. Um, regardless, week 16, who's your Dog of the Week this week? Man, I, I really – it's really tough for me right here. But – because I'm, I'm playing around with a couple teams. Yeah, you, you start. I I want to see if you take one of my picks, and then I can go off the other one. 
All right, my dog of the week, I'm going to be going with the Baltimore Ravens against the Cincinnati Bengals. The Ravens are plus 130. The Ravens have been on a little bit of a losing skid here. They've lost the past couple of games. Um, A a couple tough losses, um, and a large part of that has just been because of these fourth down decisions, right? They're trying to win the game. They're trying to be a little ballsy, and it really hasn't worked out for them. Um at least on like these game winning scenarios there, it did work out for them. What was it against the Browns earlier in the year on a fourth down decision? Because they did win one game with a fourth down decision earlier when they were like kind of really in, in the groove, but recently it kind of hasn't. I think it was the chiefs. Oh yeah. I think it was the chiefs. I think you're right. Um, but nonetheless, we're actually talk about some of these analytical decisions, but I, I think that the Ravens, they're going to pull it together. Um, Lamar, I believe, will be playing this week. But if not, I really liked what we saw of that backup Huntley. I, I thought that he played tremendously well. Um, I, I don't think that the Ravens' defense is going to get as picked apart by the Bengals as it was their previous matchup and as they did kind of against the Packers. So I'm going to be taking the Ravens plus 130. Not in love with this dog of the week, but I think that plus 130 is just enough juice for me to to want to take him. Yeah. Coming on to the pod, that was going to be about dog of the week. And then, like, I started looking at other ones, and that's why I kind of stumbled there. It's something about this Ravens team. Like, I, I love Lamar. I love Harbaugh. Uh, you know, I their defense got enough playmakers. I know the Ravens been banged up all year, and they're right here in the mix, right? They win this game, their back has to four seed. Yeah, I mean, a month ago, they were the one seed in the AFC, and they've had a little bit of bad spill, but I, I just can't get away from, especially last time, the Bengals kicked the shit out of them, right? Like, it's yeah. just not even, it was like 14-17 or something like that. I, I don't expect it to be this time around, but just pure gambling right here. Ravens are one of the worst teams against the spread. You know, they, they're just not good at covering. But then again, you're finding in this suit where the Ravens are a team that has been here, especially the past couple of years with Lamar. The Bengals, like, yeah, you had a good run. Your over and win totals has already hit. But how, how like, what is your let down like where do you stop how far can you go i don't know i think it, that's a, like an interesting game and i think that's why i'm just staying away from it yeah well this is just kind of going with my strategy right i like to take yeah yeah I, kind of game strategy. Where I get value yeah well who's your dog of the weekend yeah that being said i'm going with the bills money line plus 115 Listen, the first time they played, it was that really windy game. Matt Jones threw, what, three passes? Like, okay. Yeah. And, and and the Bills, like, you got to stop the run, right? And they did it to an extent. Damian Harris had that big, huge touchdown run. And, and, like, how many points were taken off the board by the Bills when they would march down there and, you know, like, and the wind would just kick it back from the field goal because it was, like, 40-mile-per-hour wind or something crazy like that. I, you know, this Bills team is like every year. It's like a team that's hovering around that seven and five mark, and then, but you know, it's a better team than that. And then they really take off. For instance, like the Bucks last year. I think Bills fall right into suit with that. And you know, this is a big game for the division. Is seeding wise too. I'm gonna take the Bills on the road. I like Josh Allen to get it done here. They, I 
I mean, of course, they played the Thurs last week. The Thurs ain't doing anything special right now. But I think this is when they start kind of, like, kicking into that second gear. I think it was, like, okay, like, I compared them to the Bucks. When they played the Bucks, and they were down big in that second half but came back and almost won, that reminded me of the Bucks-Chiefs game from last year when the Bucks were down big in the first half. And then they had that big second half and almost came back and won. But that second half carried over for the rest of the season. I think that's what you're going to see here for the Bills. I, I like that a lot. Um, I think one of the reasons why for both teams that might happen is the Bills seem to finally have gained the trust of Devin Singletary, where beginning mm-hmm. of the season it was Singletary was kind of the guy Then Zach Moss definitely took over. Then all of a sudden it was it was Breda who seemed to be getting a brunt of the workload. And now back to Devin Singletary, at least apparently according to the coaches. So if they're able to get a consistent running attack going, especially later in the season, um, if you just look at the trends across the league, pass defense has gotten a lot. But it, for two years in a row now, um, quarterbacks were kind of having a frenzy. There was a lot of points being scored first half of the season. And then as you know, the weather got colder – defenses kind of started figuring things out points have tightened up and you're seeing quarterbacks are having a little bit of tougher time here against these defenses later in the season um so that's going to be big for the bills i actually like that a lot and i i'm going to be telling you with the bills i'm also going to be taking the bills money line this week against the patriots for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned and man this is a close game and I, i just think that the bills are being undervalued for one of the first times all season um, yeah, I think so too. Like, I mean, I would be willing to put a future bet on this team winning the Super Bowl. You know, yeah, I, was, I mean, I had them in the Super Bowl. I didn't have them winning it, but I they were in my Super Bowl pick. Um, it's a divisional game. I, I like this Bills team a, a lot still. And yeah, now it, is the time to strike. When when dude, you are getting a a better Bills team than the Patriots. I think the Bills are still more talented than the Patriots. The Patriots are playing well. They have a great defense, but the Bills do too. The Bills have a phenomenal defense. And, you know, people were acting like that defense played terribly against the Patriots in their last matchup. It's just not true. They had one long touchdown. Without that one long touchdown where their defense was kind of – not that they were kind of getting lulled to sleep. It's just they were a little bit too comfortable because they were destroying the Patriots' running attack. And it's just one play, boom. you know, 60s or it was like a 74 yard touchdown. You know, the safety I, bit, uh, yeah. good blocks, and, it, and they got a couple pin and pulls. I, I think that they've learned from that game. They're not going to get bullied. Not that they necessarily even got bullied the last match. This is going to be a completely different ball game. Oh, 100%. That's, that's what I was going to say. Like, <laughs> I mean, they're not going to have to prepare for the run. 95 percent not even 95 it's probably 99 but even so like dude go ahead bill belcher go ahead and run the ball 40 times because the bills and what they should have done because they were a little bit scared to throw the ball early on it's sort of working at the end of the game i think the wind may have died down in that game because it was like 35 mile an hour winds 30 mile winds consistently with 50 to 60 mile an hour gusts so i think it may have dwindled down which helped them throw the ball I don't know. I wasn't tracking the fucking wind, but yeah, not a regardless when they let's just assume that wind didn't die down. It was the same throughout the game when they like got desperate and, and were forced to throw the ball. It started working, right? That was their team. They, they, 
they got a little bit too caught up in the elements and were a little bit too scared to throw the ball. Obviously, you can't go out there and throw the ball 60 times in 50-mile-an-hour wins, but this game is not going to be like that last game. The elements are not going to completely destroy your heavy passing attack. If the Patriots want to go ahead and run the ball 40 times, try to chew up clock and only put up 14 to 17 points, I think that plays right into the Bills' hands. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I, I I think they're in prime position to win this game. I, I Still, I think it's a little bit of a coin flip. But at the end of the day, if it ends up with a coin flip, I know I'm betting against Belichick here and never, like, that's never really a recipe to success. But I'm betting on the quarterbacks. Love Matt Jones. Give me Josh Allen. He knows it's playoff time. He needs to be a he needs to be that MVP guy. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it really feels like the tides have flipped, right? Last game, the Patriots were coming in with the chip on their shoulder. It's a big divisional game. Yeah, now they have the chip. Yeah, now the now are. the Bills are coming in hungry with the chip on their shoulder, saying, You guys embarrassed us embarrassed us at home prime time last week, last game. We're gonna come out on fire. And like you said, I think this is a coin flip kind of a game, and I'm getting Plus one fifteen on a coin flip. Yeah. Um, I, honestly, I, I would have that. the Bills as the favorite this game. Maybe I'm alone in that, but if I were setting the lines, I'd have the Bills as the favorite. I think that the Bills have a better chance to win than the Patriots. I think I would put probably put it. Well, like that's the thing, right? The the line is it's like two half. points. Yeah, two and a half. Yeah, so like they're given uh, given the home field, what, right? Yeah, home field. Yeah, like you two, get, you give, yeah, you get the home team. About a field goal, so there you go. I mean, Patriots have a good home field. You want to know what I'm scared of, though? Is that I'm pretty sure if you remember last year when the Bills and was it last year? Maybe it was two years ago when the fucking refs boned the Bills. There's that one pass interference call. If you remember in the end zone, Um, maybe maybe I'm getting this messed up, but there was a touchdown or a pass interference in the end zone that completely boned the Bills and. I'm pretty sure the Bills ended up losing that game on the road in New England. So that's the one thing I'm concerned about is the damn refs. Yeah, they seem to always go Belichick's way, you know. (laughs) Well, especially at home, man. I don't know. Well, I'll say something about the refs. It it just depends which whoever bets on, like, on Vegas, dude. Vegas is paying these refs to call some of these plays. You think so? Oh, 100%. They're getting paid. Some of these calls are just egregious. But that being said, I mean it's a conspiracy, so like don't don't <laughs> dive into it. That being said, playing a total. You said last week the unders were nice. Going with an under here, nobody likes an under. I kind of like an under, you know. But I'm a defensive guy. Going with a shitter game right here. I got the Lions Falcons under 43. There you go. That's that's it. I, that's nice funny play. because I was going to. I was going to stop taking picks because I'm not huge into any of these games. But there was one last pick that I was debating this entire week of every single player. Well, the player props really aren't out right now, unfortunately. Uh, we're, we usually record on Fridays when they, like, they usually get released like Friday midday, somewhere around there. They kind of come out all over the place. But I was thinking about taking this Lions Falcons under under forty three, and I I'm gonna tell yeah, you, it makes fuck sense. it, um, it makes sense, right? Like the I only thing I hate is that I I don't get this like this is a dome game. That's the one thing that I don't like, and I still no, think that I Matt love Ryan that. is good. 
You oh, why no, do you that, like the dome? No, 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 no. This is this was my complete rationale right here. I was surprised it was at forty three. I was expecting forty and a half. The Falcons suck at the Bears, oh, yeah. dude. They don't they, and they don't score. They don't move the ball. It, their one lone home win this year was in London. So I, I, they don't play well here. The, but the one thing they do do, at least this season, is beat bad teams, right? They get demolished against good teams, but they beat the bad teams. So it's kind of like, all right, the Lions, we know they're a bad team. Yeah, they just beat the Cardinals. But I'm confident that the Falcons can play that. And their defense is just like, you know, the Falcons' defense plays well against bad teams. So maybe they can do it here, and, like, the Falcons are not going to move the ball. I'm more, like, fixated on this with the Falcons' point of view because I think the Falcons kind of control how this total goes, you know. If they come out there and Cordell's a beast and Russell Gage has another breakout week and they score 28 points, then it's probably chopped. I'm trying to see. Um, I'm trying to see where the the Falcons are in rush defense this year. I actually think they're oh, it's like the top. bottom. Oh yeah, no, they're bottom in each category. Are they really? I, I think our pass defense is not terrible, but that's because of AJ Terrell. Yeah, they're they're twenty third, but the last three games, that's not bad. They, the last three games they've actually been a lot better because I remember last year. Yeah, the last three games they've been top ten in rush defense. Um. Really? Jack Wilson just ran for 100 yards against us. Yeah, so, like, yeah, last last week was rough against the I – mean, that's the Niners, though. The Niners are also, like, the best running oh, team yeah. in football. <laughs> um, yeah, they're going to dice us up. That's the one – that's just the weird thing about the Falcons is that sometimes I feel like you get a rush defense because you got Grady Jarrett, you got Deion Jones, you have a couple of other decent players up front. I think losing Devondre Campbell has, has hurt your rush defense a little bit. But – um. I mean, yeah, that's kind of like a hindsight that, kind of a thing because he's playing like a fucking all-pro <laughs> in Green Bay. Now he's like a top-five linebacker in the league. It's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, Good for Dre, though. I mean, you, you guys, like, outside of Deion, like, that, that linebacker spot has kind of been an issue for, for you guys. Oh, dude, um, no. The thing is, like, you look at Dion. Dion is, like, I don't know how much Falcons football you've been watching. Probably not much. It's really tough to see. Even though we're technically in the hunt still, Dion's not that good anymore, or at least having a really down here. The last past things. couple games, past couple games, well, like you know, coverage he's fine, right? He's a good coverage linebacker, but he is getting ran over like every single play. <laughs> it's you know he's playing well. It's for City Oracle, so like you know you got him, but I, I this game just feels like an under game, you know, like a nice little seventeen to thirteen. Falcons dub. Well, he, here's know? the one thing that I, I like about this matchup, though, for the Falcons' defense, is that this the, this Lions team, for the most part, uh, the Lions are inconsistent. Their offense has been playing a little bit better, but this is not a Lions team that is your classic pound-the-rock type of rushing attack, especially when DeAndre Swift is playing. It's, I mean, you got a lot of the, the former Saints coaches on this coaching staff. They want to use... DeAndre Swift as that Alvin Kamara. And then, you know, Jamal Williams isn't anything necessarily special when he plays. I'm not even sure he's playing. I know he hasn't the past couple of weeks. So, like, you have guys like Craig Reynolds and um, and just a whole slew of random running backs. This is not a very 
powerful. It's it's like the opposite yeah, I mean, running attack of of the 49ers, at least for me. Well, yeah, I also think it's a good matchup like that, right? Because, like, that's the way I saw it. If I'm comparing, like, DeAndre Swift is a good back, right? But if I'm comparing the scheme fits of the of these two teams right here, I knew going in the 49ers were going to be able to fucking move the ball with us. I was like, you got to score, like, 30 points to be in this game. Here it's like, uh, you know, like I, I'm confident in our defense to stop this this offense. Yeah, I, I think easily. that if if the if the Lions are gonna look to beat your linebackers with speed, well, that's the one thing that your linebackers are good with is that oh they they're fast. De, yeah, Dion and Fusadi, like they'll be able to compete with speed backs, and if you're if you're looking to use your running backs in the passing game, um. Well, that, that plays right into Dion's hands, right? I mean, we've seen, obviously, you know, Dion hasn't been having a down year according to year, but we've seen him do well against a guy like Alvin Kamara. I can only imagine he'd have some success mitigating an injured DeAndre Swift if he plays. Yeah, I, and it's like Dion having a down year, but, like, did, at least my standards of Dion, who's – one of the more under the top linebackers, linebackers in the league is what you're expecting. Yeah, he's just not he's not playing at that level right now, or it hasn't been like that in the past couple games. So yeah, you never well, know. At least I we got AJ Terrell. I'm only taking. Oh yeah, AJ Terrell. Dude, the fact that he didn't make the Pro Bowl is ridiculous. Absolutely Dude, ridiculous. Dude, PFF graded him as the number one corner. <laughs> yeah, he's given up less than like 200 yards this season. Dude, they gave Trayvon Diggs it right because he has ten picks. I mean, AJ Terrell has two. Like, uh, I uh, I don't understand. Whatever. Dude, the Pro Bowl is such a joke. I mean, even though Kyle Pitts made it, it's a joke. You want all Pro. You don't want Pro Bowl. Yeah, it's it's just. Real. I I really think that they should take the fan voting out. I I don't understand why the fan voting yeah. is a thing still. It's it's everyone knows it's dumb. Everyone maybe they're just trying to drive engagement. I don't know. But I'm well, is it all? Oh, no, I think there's like it's like some weird form, at least how it used to work. I know they've changed it a little bit. Um, I think it's a don't quote me on this, but I thought it was like half fan vote, half like player and coach vote or something, or like okay, that's how the MLB does it, something along the lines of that. Maybe it it might be pure all all fan vote now. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, my picks are done. I, I am chilling like a villain with the Ravens, Bills, money line, and this Lions, Falcons under. I only got two picks, right? Yeah. Yeah, I got to take something on Saturday night. Um, at Christmas Day, got to take a bet. I am going to take... I'm looking at the Colts-Cardinals game. See, what I wanted to take was I wanted to take an Antonio Brown to score or like a Tyler Johnson to score for the yeah. Bucks. Um, see if there's any value on the Bucks pass catchers, but those lines aren't out yet. So it is what it is. But I, I was thinking that there, there could definitely be some value there. Oh, 100%. You know what? I'm going to take the uh, over 48.5 in Colts Cardinals. Interesting. Interesting because, believe it or not, the Colts are actually one of the top teams, like, record-wise, against the over. Wait, you so, said 48 and a half? Yeah, 48 and a half. Okay. That's what I got. 
but they do really well in the over. Uh, if you betted on them this whole year, just betting Colts overs, uh, they would you'd be up. Let me see if that trend continues. I, Cardinals, I mean, you got Kyler Murray, so he, he could always have like that MVP like kind of game where he scores thirty. Like what Carson Wentz is doing, dude. Like I I looked at Carson Wentz stat line the other day and how everybody just says he throws bad picks. He has like four picks on the year. So he's like it's just no, like he's been of... phenomenal this year. It's just the the problem with Wentz is not that he throws like okay bad picks. It's just ugly. When he turns oh, yeah, the ball that, over, yeah, that's he has these, it's just weird. Especially because the fumbles, he has like really interception-y looking fumbles. It's not like a standard, oh, you know, an edge rusher will just do a, a little ghost move, get around the outside, and then chop his arm when he's throwing it. It's like he starts to panic, and then he'll just like throw it behind the line to someone who's just not there. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? Or, you know, yeah. that one, that one, I'm not sure if they ruled as an interception or a fumble. I think it was against the 49ers. Maybe it was against the Ravens where, like, he's he's about to escape the pocket and he just flips it right to a defender. And it's like, it stinks because we all saw what he was trying to do. The ball just slipped out of his hand. There was someone open. But it looks like he just kind of flipped it right to a defensive player. And it's like, dude, come on. What are we doing? But he has stopped yeah. that. He has stopped a lot of that. And the culture, you know, right back in the mix in the AMC and right back in the mix in that division. Well, you, you want to know so. what helps is when you could just turn around and hand it off to Jonathan Taylor every play, and the guy's a fucking animal. With, I mean, he's got to be the line. I mean, I think last time I checked, Brady was still the favorite. I think his odds went actually from minus to plus on Brady last week because they, the goose egg that the, <laughs> the Saints put on him. But, um, I mean, like, Jonathan Taylor's been the best player in the league this year. Dude, I I, I mean, I remember um, we were talking, because you were, you know, just, I, we, we've talked about this way episodes ago, but that draft night, you were texting me, because I remember you took Clyde Edwards-Elair to be the first running back drafted. And I was, like, a thousand percent sure that Jonathan Taylor, if there was a running back to be drafted in the first round, it was Taylor. And I was telling you, I was going, I went through, like, this, Two paragraphs of text, like for all these reasons, you're like, nah, I'm going CEH. And yeah, I mean, good crazy. for you because CEH hit. And it was like, what? What were the odds on that? It was pretty ridiculous. It was uh, plus 3,000. So I, I, I bet 10 oh bucks God, to make 300. <laughs> that was nuts. <laughs> I bought me a couple rounds of golf during COVID. <laughs> but dude, still ridiculous that he was not a first round pick. I see all these. Oh, yeah, isn't on Twitter. it? It, it, isn't it? It's crazy because, like, you look at him, like, compare him to this draft class, right? We we don't know what Ntn's got because he he's been banged up. Najee, like, Najee seems like he's a very good back. You know, he's gonna be a, a do it all back. I think you got to get some line pieces, and then it'll really like. And I know because Colts have a great old line, but where does he like go in this draft? He's got to be the first running back off the well, board the still. Like, I. With- the problem with Jonathan Taylor, and this is what people don't want to admit, and I actually kind of got clowned by Oh, it was the miles? The mileage? No, it's not the mile. I think it's the passing game. Um, That wow. was the problem. It, see, it's not like Taylor was bad in the passing game, but it's the same thing with Javante to a certain extent, right? Javante, yeah. it's not like he's bad. He can catch the ball, and he can pass block. But you look at no, Najee's a way better pass blocker, and he's a way better pass catcher. ETN is, like, way more dynamic in the passing game. That's yeah, why yeah, they yeah. go in the first round. 
look at the backs that went over over Jonathan Taylor. DeAndre Swift and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. They're the two best pass-catching backs in the country that year, right? DeAndre Outside Swift, of Najee, who was a first-round pick the yeah. next fucking year, right? Like, I feel like De- DeAndre's done more than Clyde. I, like, dude, I don't think Clyde's done shit since week one against Houston last year. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, he's been having a rough go, which is unfortunate. Um, yeah, it sucks. I still like him. But, like, I mean, I don't know. Well, I, I mean, dude, it's like this year. I, I thought that... Now, I wasn't as confident in this, but if I were a team, I, you know, I love Javante, Javante Williams. He was my guy. If I was going to take a running back in the late first round, it was going to be Javante. And the thing is, though, is that the jury was kind of out. You could kind of tell that he was getting that second, early second round buzz because of the fact that he's just not that. Pat- that that's the thing, right? Because you, you have all these people that are saying, um, you can't draft a running back in the first round. And I kind of agree but I think where the coaches and the GM see it is that they're not taking just a running back. They're taking a weapon, right? I mean, are you done? Yeah, no, picks? exactly. Yeah, yeah, I'm chilling. Okay, I'll take the picks off the screen. That, that's. Picks I mean, like, really- yeah, look. Yeah. Uh, I think it has to do with Kamara because Kamara, like, he's a running back, but he's a weapon, right? He does mm-hmm. so much more than just run the ball. Like, look at Eckler, you know? Like, look what – because at the end of the day, you know, if Keenan Allen's closed up, Eckler's somewhere underneath, and then he's fast enough to go get 10, 15 yards. Well, in, in the Steelers' case, right, they wanted a guy like a Le'Veon where, he, I mean, it hasn't necessarily yeah, worked too. out this year, but it was supposed to be, like, a good check-down option for Ben, a guy that you can split out wide, and if he's one-on-one with a linebacker, you can throw a slant on, like, a third or a fourth and short with a, with a favorable matchup. Um, and then if it's zone, you just go to, like, a guy like, Deontay Johnson, right, or or a Claypool or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just it seems to be what teams want. If you can, I mean, look, Christian McCaffrey, top ten pick. I don't see anyone complain that he was a bad pick. I mean, Saquon Barkley. I I think that everyone's saying he was overdrafted, but dude, if you get the Saquon Barkley his rookie year that broke the the um, rookie rece- reception record for running backs, I don't think anyone's complaining too much that that's a terrible draft pick. Listen, that's just one thing that it happens with quarterbacks too. Like, is the player that bad, or is the franchise that bad? The G men just might be that bad, dude. They they might just be that bad. Well, the thing with Saquon that's annoying is that um, a he's been dropping a lot of passes. His hands don't seem to be as reliable as they were his rookie year, and he still had like he's a home run hitter still. Which I remember you didn't like that out of Saquon. You were actually kind of a Saquon hater. Because oh, I, I thought, like coming out of college, I thought he was overrated as hell. Um, and I listen, I don't think it's a bad overrated. player, but yeah, I agree. I was more on your side than the oh, I'm gonna take Saquon with the second overall pick in the draft, just because of the fact that I I do not really believe in home run hitting running back. I want to, I want well, a like, consistent dude. Like, if you were to give me, I mean, maybe it's because I grew up watching the Steelers, right. I want that four or five yards of carry. And a guy like Jonathan Taylor, I thought at least, or Javante, he gives you that upside of being able to break like nine tackles and give you these long runs too. Yeah. But when push comes to shove, unless you're CJ2K, it's hard, or maybe Adrian Peterson is prime. You don't, no running back really consistently gets long runs. And if they do, it's usually because of the defense or your offensive line. It's usually not because of the running back. 
Yeah, I, I felt like when they were just picking him like, second there, you know, you're expecting this guy to be Barry Sanders. And, you know, like, I the one game that sold me on, on Saquon in college is when Pitt State played Rutgers, I think it was, and he rushed for 30 yards. I was like, you're telling me this dude's a good running back? He went 15 for You said sold you, so, like, sold you on being a bust. That, that like, sold <laughs> that I, I like... Like, would I take Saquon in the back end of the first round? Yes, probably. Like, right? Like, who wouldn't? Because he's a like he's a a beast talent, right? Like, he's just built different. Like, his legs are huge or whatever. Then I'm sitting there with the second overall pick. You can't miss on this pick, right? You can't. It's just like with the Falcons missing picking at fourth. Yeah, you can pick the future quarterback, but you don't want to miss there. You can just take a beast player. I still would have taken Quentin Nelson at two. Boom, just give him to me. Yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting debate uh, whether or not you. I mean, and they could use a Quint Nelson. <laughs> I see. I'm not. Get it done. Yeah, I'm not so gung ho on the never draft a running back in the first round. Um, but I I do agree with the why the hell am I drafting a running back with a top five pick? Uh, I okay if you if Saquon fell to pick nine or ten, okay yeah, then we yeah talk. that's fine. But yeah, you're right. There's like three positions I'm not taking with a top five pick. Kicker, punter, running back. Just how it is, man. And I'm, I'm willing to reach, like, because if you remember the argument against Quentin Nelson, which we both didn't agree with, was that, oh, a guard is a luxury pick. Now, the NFL has changed a, a smidge since, where especially with these RPOs and, 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 you know, a lot more gap schemes becoming meta in the NFL again, like, the guards are definitely more important. But even its safety is looked at like that too, right? Where safety is kind of a luxury pick. Dude, I'm sorry, but if Derwood James is sitting there where he was for 16 fucking picks, I had this guy mocked at the fourth pick of the damn draft. 16 (laughs) picks. Yeah, I I was screaming at the screen for the Steelers to trade up for him. Like, it's Derwood fucking James. I don't believe in, in, in um, in the luxury pick for just insanely talented well, I, players I outside of those that, three positions yeah also i think safety like every position is important right but like safety i feel like especially on the defense is crucial right like yeah the, the, the thing is safety. the argument with safety is that there's so many good safeties like it's not that safety isn't important i i don't agree there are with this argument I, I really do not, not agree with this argument but this is the argument is that it's same thing with the running backs kind of is that there's so many good safeties that instead you can go and, and find in free agency or in a later round of the draft an average safety and then spend that pick on a different position that's more impactful. Now, I don't agree with that because, sorry, there ain't too many Derwin Jameses roaming around. Like last time I checked, this guy's fucking insane. You know, you look at the Chargers yeah. defense with and without him. Just look at the, the numbers last week against the Chiefs. Travis Kelsey, when when Derwin James is in the game, a cat mm-hmm. one catch for like four yards, maybe like two catches for ten yards. Once he goes out of the game, all of a sudden the Chiefs' offense figured out how to get the ball to Travis Kelsey. Wonder yeah. why that is. <laughs> and I, I think like especially in this next draft, I think teams will look at Derwin James falling to the 16th pick and be like, okay, like this can't happen again. And you'll see like Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame, he'll go top ten. You know, something mm. like that. Is that kid's crazy too? That kid 
maybe I, like I would have to see their film side by side, but I, I think he's like a little more highly regarded coming into it than he, Derwin James. Like everybody knew Derwin James was a beast. Like you didn't have to watch Florida State football to know who Derwin James was, but. I think everybody knows who Kyle Hamilton is. I think that'll be fun too. Yeah, but... I haven't watched a ton of Kyle Hamilton. Um, the the thing that I Derwin James, you could have just played him everywhere. Like realistically, you could have played him at linebacker and he'd still be a beast. Or you could play him at fucking corner and he'd probably still be pretty damn good. Uh, that's why I thought like, dude, top five. Like I feel like he's what you wanted Minka to be, right? Because remember, Minka was the the positionless D back, and then um, yeah. that didn't really work out. He started Miami. out at corner. Yeah, and then the Steelers well, were just like, okay, we'll, we'll put you at center fielder. And then all of a sudden he's a beast again. Derwin James, I think, is what people wanted Minka to be and what he should have been drafted like Minka at, right? Like, even ahead. Well, sometimes, um, like, you know, like, you just got to put your best athlete in a position where they can win at, like, what they're comfortable with and just be like, yo, go make a play. And I think that's what both of them are, like, are able to do in their current scenarios. Yeah, I haven't watched a, a ton of Notre Dame games, so I, I'm going to have to go back and watch. Um, Tune into the Oklahoma State game, then. Oh, Kyle Hilton's probably not playing. Though. No, he's not playing. So, yeah, I'm going to have to watch some of that Kyle Hamilton film. I mean, uh, dude, I think that this draft class in general has been kind of great. I saw a tweet not too long ago that was saying, like, there wouldn't be a single pick from this year's draft that would go in the top ten of last year's. And, Obviously, last year's draft was very good, but I now, still think the, that there's the some The kid stuff from players. Oregon. The kid from Oregon would have Thibodeau? won. Thibodeau? Yeah, Thibodeau would have won in the top ten. There's some nice pass rushers this year. Because, yeah. like, last year, that was a – I say weak because Barmore and guys like that are studs, right? But it wasn't like, you know, the, the Bosa's coming out or – There's a kid from Utah. He's got a weird game. name, but he's a stud too. He's really good. He's a great player. Oh, you got Aiden Hutchinson too. Yeah, Aiden Hutchinson. Like, it's funny. Last year and this year completely flopped in terms of pass rush. Like, this year's pass rush class is kind of like last year's corner class. Where, like, dude, you could have oh, yeah. had your run of the mill. Basically, every fucking corner in the damn draft was good. You could have um, got a good corner at the sixth round. And and now I think that you're going to see a thing with pass rusher, right? If you need an edge rusher, dude, now's your time. Go ahead and pick them because come mid-late first round, there's going to be some good players on the, on the fucking board, pass rusher. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go into the next topic because bowl game got switched. Rutgers has found their way into the bowl game. Against let's go Man. <laughs> yeah, Shiano Man does it. They sneak in because Texas A&M, COVID uh, running through their locker room, so they – aren't they playing play. anymore and we have to change your pick i'm gonna be taking wake forest though um i i just I, I really don't think that if we get the same wake forest that was coming up in a lot of these other games in the year i don't think that Rutgers has the offense to keep up with them how would crazy would it be though if the shiano man you know doesn't get a ball then he gets a ball here Gifted to him from Texas A&M. Jimbo Fisher called him up. Hey, you want a bowl? And the Shiano <laughs> man rallies up his team and beats Wake Forest. Did it Are happen? you picking it? Well, is anybody from Wake Forest sitting out? Like, no shot, right? Like, no one from Wake Forest is getting drafted. Maybe um, I don't know if, if Sam Hartman is sitting out, then that might that might change me up a little bit. 
I think uh, Wake Forest fans wanted him sitting out in the ACC championship. That might have helped. Dude, I see, I see this article uh, from December 5th. Sam Hartman is killing his draft stock. <laughs> okay. You know what? Screw it. The Rutgers, the Scarlet Knights, they were my team. They were like my underdog kind of team when we first picked in the Big Ten. I'm riding with it. I think fate is giving us the Shiano man taking his team to a bowl game here. They're going to fight. They're going to beat this weight for it. It's going to be a gritty game. It's not going to be a pretty game. But Shiano man wins this one. All right. Well, you're on the run. I'll give you this. And you did say that Rutgers was your most underrated, um, your underrated team. But, like, what's it to get called? Because I mean, technically speaking, they didn't even make a bowl game until – you know, Wait, they just made the bowl game. They just made a fucking yeah, bowl true. game, baby. Shout out Texas A&M. Thanks, Jimbo. <laughs> Two teams I really love coming into the season, just helping out. Dude, is this a Marvel movie? Like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, helping, helping each other out for you. They just called each other up. There you go. All right, um, let's go into our next topic, the analytics. Uh, there's been a huge debate every single week. It was well, like every single nice. week. The past couple of weeks, because... You saw the Chargers against the Chiefs on Thursday night last week um, where the Chargers went for it on basically every fourth down. Um, they just they, they said, fuck field goals. Fuck them field goals. Our kicker sucks. We're not playing his ass. And they went for it a whole bunch, and they ended up losing the game by six points in overtime. And everyone was so quick to point out the, you know, they, they passed up on three field goals. That's nine points if you make them all. Nine minus six is three. You would have won the game. Um, and then same thing with the Ravens, right? The Ravens against the Packers last week. They just they were they've been aggressive all season. They decided, hey, we just scored a, a tie a game tying touchdown to make it thirty one to thirty. The, the, there's actually really cool audio with John Harbaugh talking to like Mark Andrews about whether or not they should go for two. They're aggressive. They go for two. Do not convert and end, end up losing that football game. Um, I kind of want to start this one out, Steve, because yeah, um, I mean, you have all these people, and it's funny because after the after the games, you have all these like old former players and a couple of former coaches. Like, it seems like they're very anti aggressiveness and anti analytics and anti going for it. And yeah, they got boomer I, energy about. I it. don't really this agree with that. I don't really agree with it. Now, I don't. I didn't agree with every single going for it for the Chargers. I, I, I disagree with one, and I didn't like the first time they went for it at the five-yard line, like first drive of the game when it was 0-0, because I am a personally a fan of if it's a tie ball game, I want the field goal. Barring crazy circumstances where it's like, okay, they have Aaron Rodgers and there's a minute 56 left and they have three timeouts and I'm kicking a field goal. Okay, to go up like one point, different story, right? <laughs> different story there. Yeah, but yeah. The first quarter, first drive of the game, I get a chance to just take the lead. It, we, we, we had a, an unfortunate drop. Mike Williams just got hurt, right? He just dropped like two passes around the goal line. Um, I'm taking the points, man. I, I'm just taking the points. I'm taking the lead because I, I, I get the lead. That's more important to me. I think every single other fourth down decision in that game and and go line to go for it, right? I agree with. 
And you know, you have one that the, the, the popular one that people didn't like was the one at halftime. There's like three seconds left. You're up 14 to 10 against the Chiefs. And instead of kicking the field goal to go up 17 to 10, they went for it. I actually really like that call because to me, and you might disagree with me, what's the point of going up 17 to 10 compared to going up to being up 14 to 10 where you could be up two scores? To me, that's all that matters. You want to get two scores? It's the fucking Chiefs. If we're playing yeah. the Seahawks, they can't score a point. They can't even get a first down, let alone points. Yeah, give me give me a field goal. But to me, against the Chiefs, 17-0, 14-0 at halftime, it's basically the same fucking thing. It doesn't matter. That, that field goal's not making a difference when, it come, when push comes to shove in the fourth quarter. You know the Chiefs are going to come out here and start scoring points in the second half, right? So I think that that decision there and the other ones are fine. So I'm curious to hear what you think of it. I, I you know, I I agree to some point what you're saying. It, I, first of all, the people that are complaining about going for it on fourth down are the same people that turn on Madden every night and go for it on fourth and ten from their own twenty-five. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but that being said. Listen, Brandon Staley is not going to change his way of thinking. He said after the game, that's who we are, that's what we do. All right? I I like it because, like, as a fan, I, you know, I, I don't like seeing the punter of the, the kicker come <laughs> on the field because, like, dude, like, why are they part of football sometimes, you know? Like, unless you're cool, like, what are, we, what are we doing? But I think there's a time and place where you do kick the field goal, right, when the situation matters. Especially, like, I don't know, like, it's really tough to t say, but, like, you brought up the 14 to 10, and, like, if they kick the field goal there, it makes it 17 to 10, they're up there. I say it doesn't matter, it's still a one-score game. I'm looking at it as if I'm just a fan of that team. I'm going into halftime with just a thought, okay, the worst they can do on this first drive is just tie the game, and then we get the ball. But now I'm thinking, all right, now they score, they're, they have to lead, then we're down the eight ball again, you know? I, it, it, I think it's just, it, you got to play your cards right with it. I, I'll agree with Brandon Staley. I have no problem with it. I had no problem with Harbaugh going with it either, honestly. Because it, it would have sent the game in OT, and then you would have had to play Aaron Rodgers in overtime. And are you going to be Aaron Rodgers in overtime with Tyler Huntley? Maybe if you get the ball first, you were moving the ball really well. But then again, that defense can rise up to the occasion. So I agree with that. Like, you're hot, you're moving the ball, go for it. I, You know, i got no problem with it. I think there's just a time and place where it needs to be settled. I think Staley might have got a little too aggressive with it a little bit. Because if I'm, if I'm a Chargers fan, I, I know Arthur Smith is doing that. And, like, the Falcons are competitive, right? Like, we're in the – we're in the playoffs and like we're in the hunt. We're playing for the division right here. I don't know that I'd, I'd be questioning too a little bit. So the the one argument I have just against that that halftime one is because you're saying oh, okay the worst they can do in that first drive is tie up the game. Like I just think that if you're going into the expectation of oh we're starting to take our foot off the gas pedal and start managing the score line come the second half like. You're not winning that game, man. You're, you're not. Well, that's why like I said. That. I thinking as a fan, that's how I would be thinking, because I'm a fan of losers. 
So I'm just like, <laughs> how many points can I get? You know? <laughs> yeah. To to me, the the one, only thing that matters going into halftime is are we up one or two scores or more? I guess. And being able to go into halftime up two scores uh, over ten points, I mean, way dude, more important than the than the extra three, so that we're not losing. Like we we no matter if we're up one, two, or three scores against the Chiefs, we have to score more points to win that game. Um, yeah, you're not going to shut them out. So aside from that that first drive, you know, because especially at the goal line, it's tough, right? Because you can. I think I've seen models where people use just your overall fourth down rate as the the go for it on fourth down rate at like the three yard line or five yard line um i don't do that's that's not right to me because that when that field condenses man you have you you have a free safety right that side that back of the end zone is a free defender for you as a defense if you want to play like say you're playing like men and you and you're just taking away everything underneath I get an extra defender. Whereas if I'm at the 45 yard line and you want to play press man under with no safety help, you and on the Chargers, you bet your ass. I'm saying Keenan Allen, go run a fucking go, and we'll take that one on one because that's a dream. Yeah. We're never going to find a better scenario for that play. Yeah, um, a similar thing happened last week too with the going on it with the fourth down. It was um, in the Falcons Niners game. Like the Falcons got that freak fumble you know from the kickoff and they're down there by like the two they roman cordell it, they said he was in initially then they reviewed it and said he wasn't in. i i don't agree with the call still but you know next play they don't get it they're like at the one then arthur smith decides you know listen like i understand what he's thinking here if you go for it you just pound it in there you try to get in there you stole seven from him, right and then boom you're automatically up on the road and you kind of take the fans out of it right from the jump right but again what's wrong with just taking the three there a free three you know make them go down there and do something yeah it's definitely contextual it depends on how good the offense you're playing is how confident you are in your defense and all that shit um, i do want to touch on the ravens one because the ravens going for two at the end of the game i don't disagree with it right and, I, and obviously as a fan i think it's definitely more interesting but if I'm Harbaugh there, I, I think I'm kicking the kicking the extra point for the sole reason of yeah, extra points. And it's funny because I've seen this argument go the other way, where it's like, oh, we have a backup quarterback against Aaron Rodgers, like we have to go for two there. Well, I don't want to have have my my team go down to one play with my backup quarterback because these are these are plays where it's like coin flips to begin with these two point conversions. And you are relying on insanely good execution. And we have a guy that has been practicing the whole season, that has been playing the whole season. I don't yeah. trust him to execute a single play to win us the game like that. I, you can make all the arguments about Aaron Rodgers, this and that and the other and whatnot. But like to me, I would rather, if I have the backup quarterback and the guy that hasn't played as much, I'd rather put my chips on more than one play to execute. I don't want to put it all on one play. Um, aside from I agree the fact with you on that there's still 40 seconds that Aaron Rodgers could go down and score. Like, if you give him 40 seconds in a tie game, obviously they're still going to try and go down and score, but it's not a desperate, right? They're not 
they're not going to be as gung ho because you know, you know, if if you go three and out and only take ten seconds off the clock, well, then the Ravens could just chuck the ball down, kick a field goal with the best kicker in the league, and yeah, shit. So you're screwed. I don't hate the call, but I think personally, I wouldn't do it. If Lamar is playing, yeah, I'll do it. Hundred percent, I'll do it because I got a guy that's been practicing for three fucking years in this offense. You probably get it with Lamar too, but just one thing in that situation i think like it was kind of like caught up in the moment like the team wanted to go for it like and then harbaugh was like all right i trust the team let's go for it but there it's just like you were down 31 what 17 you had you had the momentum right you score you get a stop a quick stop you go down there you score again i think i just trust my defense if like if they have to go out there and play an ot too like we stopped them before. This we're playing at home. This place will be rocking. We came back two touchdowns late in the fourth with a backup quarterback against the Packers. You don't think we can beat them? Like here we go. Like, ugh. I mean, it was a great game, but I don't hate the call. It's just I. It could have been played either way. You know, I, I think he put his cards on the table and. Yeah, it's a cool. You know, he was hoping he's hoping for a flush, and it turned out he he had a pair pair of twos. Well, when push comes to shove, right? I was rooting for the Packers to win that game for the sake of the Steelers, right? I wanted the Packers oh, yeah. to win that football game. When I saw yeah. that they were lining up to go for two, I was very happy. I was very happy for the reason yeah, I mentioned. You, kind of felt you like got a backup court, like, dude. Yeah, I'll take like. If if that is the situation, and I still have 42 seconds for Aaron Rodgers to go down and score a field goal, I feel like for the Packers, I'm kind of getting like two different chances to win. Um, yeah, you are. It's true. Whereas like when when Lamar was in against the Steelers and they went for two there, I was scared. I was really scared. And for good measure, they should have fucking converted that. They, you know, a little bit of a mishap where it's like, okay, you can argue it was a bad throw. I personally think that Mark Andrews just stopped running the route and Lamar put it like at two yards in front of him. Um, that scared the crap out of me. Cause I'm like, Oh shit. Like we're not gonna be able to score. We don't have time. Like, so I, I think that that was my argument against it. You got anything else to say about this? No, not really. I, um, these are just two coaches, especially that are going to stick to their guns. They're not going to change the way they do it. Yeah. Uh, now I fucked this up here. So we can either end the pod here or go into our next segment. It was we do have the right? Thursday night game on here. Just oh, started. You did. Hmm. I think we'll cut it short. We'll save this topic for next week. Yeah, yeah. Um, let let the week simmer. You know, it's gonna be Christmas time. This is Christmas Eve Eve, so. Um, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to everyone listening. Really appreciate the listeners. Hope you have a good holiday season. Um, yeah, I hope Santa's nice to you. Yeah, Steed, you as well. Good holiday season. Happy holidays to you. Merry Christmas. Yep. Happy holidays to you. Uh, hopefully our picks are juicy. Sorry, we didn't have a ton of a ton of picks this week. Uh, it's just the board sucks. Yeah, not lo- not loving the board, especially as a as a dog money line kind of a guy. And I, I was looking for the player props. I wanted to take a couple touchdown props this week, but they weren't out yet. So what are you gonna do? Uh, maybe I'll post them as an article. So stay tuned. Third and twenty dot com. Um, but thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Hit us with a like, subscribe, follow, all that stuff. 
social medias on the bottom of the screen. Peace out. Trust your barber. <laughs> yeah, get a good barber too. Go find your franchise barber. <laughs>